Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be with you again, Matt and Braden here with Ben Bennett, fantastic speaker and author with the Josh McDowell uh, ministry. And Josh McDowell actually recommended that we chat with him. And so we've loved what he's, uh, we've loved what we've seen that he's doing. Leading resolution, a global movement, resolutioning people to overcome hurts and struggles, to thrive in life. Uh, lives in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, love Dallas. Yeah, great city. <laughs> Tell them, I mean, we're in Alberta. Alberta is the Texas of Canada, so <laughs> we can relate to you. Thanks, Ben, for being here. And um, we really appreciate you know what you're doing. And to share someone's story isn't always an easy thing because you know when we deal with our life, of course, there's pain and stuff. And often, I think we don't think that we're going to talk about that to many people about to share these dark, dusty corners of our life. But then God does that, right? He uses these areas of our life that we've learned through and that we've grown through so that we can turn around and help others. And that's exactly what you're doing. So we really appreciate that and what you're doing um, with Resolution and, and under Josh McDowell's ministry. So thanks for doing what you're doing. And we just want to get a little bit into your story. Yeah. Uh, where would you like me to start? Where it all began? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were born and then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> It was 2 a.m. on a rainy night in 1989. <laughs> Great memory. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being born. It scarred me for life. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe break down like, so, you know, we're, our podcast deals a lot with getting porn out of your life and dealing with that. So maybe start there of, you know, your journey with that and, and getting porn out of your life. But how were you introduced to that? What did it look like for you when you were, when you were battling this? Yeah, totally. Uh, a significant part of my story is growing up feeling so alone. Uh, well, 
Well, in some sense, I never, I never felt alone spiritually because I remember at a very young age going to church and vividly encountering God and starting a personal relationship with God and understanding, you know, the gospel and that I needed forgiveness, that God loved me radically, wanted to know me, and that He died it on the cross for my sins and rose again. And like as a four-year-old, it was wild. Like I had this vivid understanding. And from the age of four, I would talk to God all throughout the day. So I never, I never felt really alone spiritually, but I felt really alone in my family because uh, quickly growing up, just experiencing my dad's anger, starting to see him abuse alcohol, feeling like I couldn't meet his expectations, um, being bullied by my friends, I developed this real sense of lack of safety. I'm alone. And something is deeply wrong with who I am, shame. And so at an early age, by the age of eight, I was dealing with all kinds of mental health issues, uh, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, I started doubting God's existence. And I thought every time I had a doubt that I was no longer a Christian. So I got stuck in these obsessive spirals of uh, I'm going to hell. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm not going to hell. 20 times a day, I was praying the sinner's prayer. Just um, so each day was miserable. It was terrifying. And I felt alone in all of it. And eventually, that's when I, I needed something more to cope, to escape the pain that I was experiencing. And I got introduced to pornography and masturbation. And I, I still remember the first time that I saw pornography, I was equally enticed and disgusted by it. it it was so overwhelming and scary and like it was like a shock to my whole system in my brain but that couldn't keep me away uh eventually i i got addicted to that and kept going back so i like to say i had this cocktail of compulsions and these things were were really things that Looking back, I realized I used to to survive, to try and make sense of, of the world, to try and feel some kind of love, acceptance, and safety. But it was each day was uh, honestly looking back, it's you know the grace of God that I survived, that I didn't take my own life, that I didn't die by suicide because it was so so painful. So that's how I got hooked on on pornography, and it was just years of addiction, of trying to stop, of not being able to stop. And porn gave me the porn gave me the exact opposite thing of what I went to it to get. You know, I wanted to feel love, accepted, escape all this pain and hurt and loneliness, but it just left me feeling more shame, more worthless and and more alone and more distant or distant from from God, from the important people in my life. So many people can relate to that for sure. I can relate to that. Even you talk about the first time you saw porn. I remember vividly uh, and just like being enticed, but being frightened. Mm -hmm. This is terrible. This is disgusting. I can't believe people do this, but I just want to go home and and find more. And I can relate to that for sure. And so many people, you, you had, you had these thoughts before you found porn, I think, but but so many people, because of it, they go, am I saved? And they doubt salvation and they're not sure. And there's verses in the Bible that then they read and they go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm condemned for sure. I'm outside of the kingdom of God because I'm watching porn. But how did you 
overcome that or how did, how did God help you overcome that mindset? Yeah, that, that mindset, I think, uh, I'm not sure how much I struggled with doubting that I was a Christian because I continued on in, in porn or like doubting my salvation. I think most of my doubts about, am I actually a Christian came from my doubts about, you know, God's existence or, or Christianity or those kind of doubts that we're entering. So I think I was so focused on that, that I was kind of, uh, insulated from the, you know all these other doubts that I could have had. Right. So that's that's uh, a key mindset I think um, that you displayed there. But there's other points I think along our journey that move us towards healing and getting porn out of our life. So what was the process for you of hey I I'm I got a problem here. What do I do? When I went away to college and got involved in the campus ministry, I tried to stop with the help of other people for the first time. Like prior to that in high school, it was like, I'm white knuckling the scene. I'm on my own, just me and God. Um, but in college, I started to open up about my struggle and I started to get the traditional accountability, um, which was just garbage <laughs> because right. I was so I was so focused on the behavior and I thought it was a moral decision I kept making and I didn't understand the brain science behind all of this and I didn't understand the trauma behind all of this. Um, so I would say there was a limiting of the amount that I was looking at porn and acting out. Um, but I was just going through the binge purge cycle of, of acting out, then abstaining for a couple months, acting out, then abstaining. And it, it really wasn't until I applied to work with a uh, crew that I kind of had a wake up call and uh, I wanted to go into full-time ministry. This was back in 2011 and everything looked great on my application except for this area of, of porn. And I thought I was doing pretty well. It's like it, yeah. it had been a month or so since I looked at porn and a bunch of other people I knew, all the other guys were like addicted to porn. Um, but I think rather than, you know, getting bitter, I saw it as a chance to get better and to seek. Uh, and, and that was God's, you know, grace there to, to ha- even have that mindset. Okay. I'm going to get help. Um, I, I see that there's this issue in my life that um, could prevent me from going into the calling that I think God has on my life. Once again, I didn't have the solution. So white knuckling it, accountability, putting in consequences, like getting rid of devices that I might be able to access it, uh, just really focusing on the behavior. Uh, and then months went by and I, went back to porn again and I was accepted you know, to work with crew. And so I was in campus ministry. Then I found out about, you know, real solutions and I got involved in a recovery group and I started to learn about the brain science. I remember the first time I learned that repeated porn use is not just a moral decision, but a brain problem. And my brain had been rewired and I had become actually physically hooked on the stuff and addicted that relieves so much shame because I also read about uh, neuroplasticity and our ability, our brain's ability to change and rewire. Yeah. And so I, I went through eventually four years of in-depth recovery group work and identifying uh, a lot of the hurts that I had experienced growing up, a lot of the lies that I experienced. I started reaching out rather than acting out. And so much of my recovery 
journey and healing journey that God brought me through wasn't focused on the behavior of porn, but it was focused on all these other stressors and emotions and the things that would actually set me up to go back to porn. And uh, God really used all of that to set me free. And, and now I've been free for uh, six and a half years from porn, from masturbation, from sexual fantasies. You know, God just continues to take me into deeper areas of healing in so many other places of my life because porn ultimately wasn't my problem. It was my pseudo solution. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of other pseudo solutions too, but but the depth of where I needed to be healed and restored and, con- and continuing to be in different areas um, was great. But uh, God's ability to heal and how he wired us to heal is is even greater. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about getting free from porn is that you realize, oh, that's that. This porn was the biggest thing in my life for ten years, fifteen years, fifty years, whatever. And then you realize you get rid of it. And you're like, oh, there's actually way more things that that are driving me to it that now I can work on. But porn, it kind of covers all that up when it becomes the biggest thing. Now, Ben, you're 32 and you're single. Mm-hmm. A lot of single guys are like, all I got to do is just get married, have sex all the time, and then porn will <laughs> porn porn will be cured in my life. You kind of bucked that trend. So you've been free now six and a half years as a single guy. Can you just chat about what that looks like and how other guys can can do the same? There's so many things I would, would say and that I've learned in, because I've been working with single people, men and women for 10 years now on, on this topic. And I think one of the hardest things about um, being single, trying to deal with, trying to overcome, you know, pretty much any kind of struggle is there you don't see the immediate consequence that your actions have on another person that's so close to you it's it can be hard in that as you're going through it to see how your struggle or behaviors affect anyone else um and and to see those consequences there but they are there you know uh there are consequences like uh your lack of ability to have intimacy and true connection and, and satisfying relationships with, with your friends or even in a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. Or um, even though God doesn't turn his back or isn't distant, he feels distant when we when we turn our back on him, when we go against his his desires for our life. And both of those things could be can be so painful. I, so I think it is helpful to think about all of the consequences and uh, and whatnot, but it's also great to think about what's the greater and truer story. What could be? How will my life be better once this is gone? And to think of that that greater vision um, for our life. So both the consequences and the rewards, I would say, are are two of the greatest things that that motivate people to change. But I, I think. A lot of times we we think that pornography, sexual desire is simply about that. But I've learned that 90% of it is ultimately about uh, intimacy and emotional connection and your ability to relate to other people. Um, so you're literally screwing yourself over if you think, okay, I'm just going to get married and this is going to go away. Because if you do get married... And I've seen this working with married guys. They start to use their their wife as uh, a source to fulfill their addiction. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's awful in and of itself. But secondly, 
they're not healthy and they don't know how to bond and to emotionally connect. So that's just going to, I've seen it happen where the addiction gets all the worse in, in marriage because they haven't dealt with those two things. But one thing I would say that has has really helped me and I've seen help uh, a lot of, of singles, whether you're called to marriage or not, um, is that marriage isn't ultimate. Jesus was never married, you know? Um, sex isn't ultimate. Uh, we need to decenter that in Christianity. Jesus is ultimate and the kingdom is ultimate and our relationship with him and our relationship with other Christians is ultimate. So one thing I did, this was years ago, but it really, really helped me. And I encourage other singles to do this is to list out what are all the needs that you think are going to be fulfilled in marriage or in sex. And I listed out things like, you know, having companionship, having affirmation, being able to give love, being able to receive love, uh, sexual fulfillment. Uh, it was it was probably 10 things that I listed out. And then I asked God, God, how are you fulfilling that now through specific relationships, through yourself, but also through um, brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, and all of that. And I was astounded. Like every single one of those needs pretty much is being fulfilled now. Um, even the sexual sexual de- desire or whatnot, having nocturnal emissions, right? <laughs> Praise God for those. And I, w- I was just blown away. Like God is fulfilling those needs and and doing it. And I can be content and fulfilled in my relationship with God and with others now, whether or not I ever get married. Right. Ben, I'm so glad we're recording this because I think that is a message that a lot of singles need to hear. And I, married people too, because we we put someone else on this pedestal that they're not, they, they should never be occupying. That's that's for God alone, right? And um, we get disappointed when sometimes we we hit those markers. And I heard it put this way recently that marriage is was never promised by God for us. It's just a possibility. And the promise that God gives us is for an intimacy with him and that he will meet the needs of our heart and our soul in, in a, a way that no one else ever could. So I'm, that's what an amazing exercise that is. It's just putting down the way that our needs are being met. And I really appreciate that. Now, you, you've talked a little bit about flourishing and thriving and, and some of the things that you've done too. What does that look like? I mean, kind of piggybacking off of what you just said, what does this look like tangibly lived out day to day? You know, and and what does that feel like? What does that look like? And and how amazing life can be when you you're getting those needs met by by God. Yeah, the beautiful thing is that um, I would say ninety five percent of what leads to our flourishing is relational, and we see this in the Garden of Eden. You know, of course, Adam and Eve were created in a place where they had their physical needs met. They were given work, and work was good, and there was satisfaction that came through that. Uh, they had food, water, shelter, but then they had this spiritual relationship with God and walked with God in the cool of the day. And they had relational, you know, intimacy and connection with one another. And I would say they had a healthy relationship with themselves. Like they knew that they were very good and made in God's image. There was no shame. E- even Harvard goes, goes on um, to affirm that the healthiest and happiest people 
are those who have good relationships. Harvard uh, has been doing the study. It's ongoing. I think it's been over 80 years. And um, they were looking at Harvard, I think it was Harvard grads, like who has been the healthiest, lack of disease, disease, who's been the happiest? Is it people making a bunch of money, just killing it, CEO? No, those people, a lot of them are stressed out. It was people who had good relationships. And I'm going, duh, like that is how God designed us. So most of flourishing happens in those threefold relationships with God, with self, and with others. And I kind of boil it down. And this is what I so live out in my own life is Josh McDowell and I uh, have developed something that we realized in scripture and in psychology and in research that there are seven basic longings or needs of every human being that are relational and uh, things like affirmation of feelings, acceptance, assurance of safety, access to important people in our life or our parents growing up. Uh, And all of those were there in the Garden of Eden. And so living in to those needs with God and with others uh, is what causes us to flourish and to be content and to find meaning and purpose and helping fulfill those, those needs in other people as well. I think that's so good. That's that's pure gold, really, um, for everybody, but especially for singles who think, "Well, I got sexual needs." Well, really, you got you got relational needs in terms of intimacy and affirmation and those things, mm-hmm. but sexual needs, right? You're not going to die if you don't get if you don't get off, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And again, and so it's not necessarily a need where you need it. And so it, it, to to buck that trend when you're single. And to realize what's actually going on, that you have a need for affirmation and intimacy and relationship and all those things, that's huge because then you get into marriage and you can go in with a healthy healthy way of thinking and understanding. Uh, and there's still going to be challenges. And scripture says, if you get married, you will have trouble. I mean, but so that's a reality. But there, the reason is because it, you can get so refined with every single challenge when you understand this stuff. But when you don't understand what you're talking about, Ben, then you just get bitter and you get mad and like, why is God doing this to me? And why am I still single? And why did God give me a sex drive as a single guy and say not to use it when I get, until I get married, right? But he really does satisfy. So I think there's so much gold in what you're saying. Um, can You touched on it a little bit, but can you just talk about as a single, single guy, as a sexual person, you're like, man, God did give me a sex drive. And you say, I'm free from porn, from masturbation, from sexual fantasies. But so many guys are like, I just can't grasp it. I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I am a sexual person. God gave me a sex drive. What do, you, what do you say to that? Yeah, I would say I definitely relate. There was one point in my life where I was so addicted, I could never imagine my life without it. And I didn't want a life without it. You know, that it, it felt like a life without water or something like that. Like, I'm going to die if I can't yeah. <laughs> masturbate or look at porn. And I remember early on in my journey, taking a clinical test to see how addicted I was. And I was at the top of the charts, like almost as addicted as you could get. It was such a struggle. I mean, it was it was pretty much four years of trying to grow before I could finally get free once and for all. So I, I empathize with, with that struggle and how difficult um, it is. I think a lot of things have shifted for me. One, one of the things I'd like to talk about is 
we just have such a garbage view of what freedom looks like from unwanted sexual behavior. Like I hear so many people say, this is going to be something I'm going to struggle with for life, or I'm always going to walk around tempted or people who like kind of did recovery, but they just kind of cold Turkey stopped looking at porn, but now they're still being tempted. Uh, I'm God did not wire our brains to rewire and he, he didn't die in for, for our, for our sin and, and, and um, overcome Satan's sin and death so that we could dabble the rest of our life. He died so that we could be truly victorious over it and even down to a neurological level. And what that looks like for me is, I can't remember the last time I was tempted to look at porn. It's almost like there's all these things that used to trigger me that I don't even think of that don't trigger me. Like the, I, I live alone and have for the past couple of years. That would have never been an option for me years ago because I'd be like, oh, too much temptation. I don't even really get tempted because God has so rewired my brain. I get tempted with other things. You know, I'm like driving by Taco Bell and I see this new item for 99 cents. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's <laughs> uh, a gift from above. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is sweet manna from heaven <laughs> in the form of a taco. Um, but it's kind of like learning how learning how to walk or learning a, a new habit, unlearning something, something that hasn't crossed your mind in years. That's that's what can happen and what God wants to do. And in Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Neuroplasticity backs it up. We truly can be free and we don't have to struggle with this, you know, for life. He, he can do it uh, in, in our lives. Um, but I, I think what really helped, there's two things that really helped with that early on. Uh, one was realizing what this whole thing was about. It was about um, like why I was triggered so much to to look at porn. It's it's because I felt so rejected growing up and felt so alone. And there's all kinds of situations in the present, whether it was uh, an upcoming test or a girl broke up with me or something like that, that would trigger all of those lies and past pain. Once I became aware of what I was dealing with and, and was in recovery and having guys that I was talking to and calling every day. Then when that stuff happened, I could process with them and connect with them and rather than going to porn. And what I found was uh, that that was a lot more satisfying. I felt heard. I felt understood. Um, And the cool thing too, is that, you know, reaching out to somebody, having a life-giving conversation, releases oxytocin in your brain. It bonds you with that other person and it releases a small amount of dopamine. Guess what also does that except in a much unhealthier, destructive way? Porn. So literally the way we heal is we stop going to the counterfeit and we realize why we're going to the counterfeit. Then we find fulfillment in what we're actually looking for in the way God has designed it. That's number one. Number two that's really helped me is is having a more biblical and better view of what sex is mm-hmm. because it was so shorted uh, so short-sighted for me you know i thought sex was just this physical act that's you know just whatever and about getting off no no, no it's so much more than that um sex is most of sex is is not an action or what you do it's who you are you know you're made in the image of god you're made a, as male a, as female you you have been given you know a, a gender by god as a sexual being you can be fully sexual and live into your sexuality without ever 
being sexually active. Jesus was also a sexual being. He never had sex. Um, he wasn't missing out. He was God in, in the flesh. I think understanding, you know, that and um, and understanding the purpose of marriage and the purpose of sex and, and how much of it is about relationship and, and giving and receive, receiving love and, and covenant and modeling the relationship that uh, God has with us, uh, Christ and, and uh, his bride, the church, and what that design was for in marriage, <clears throat> really um, kind of took this, I think it is, you know, people view sex as ultimate and really it's, it's an idol. And, and even in the church, we put it way up here, but if you understand what it's really about, it switches it to view Jesus way up here. Um, the identity he's given us uh, relationships with God and with others as so much, you know, higher, you, you know, th- than that. So I think those are two things that really helped me um, start to flourish and start to, you know, be content here and now. You know, for those that are listening, I know sometimes I know that I used to do this when I was struggling with porn. You hear someone who is talking like you are Ben and and you feel um, at that stage anyway that, oh my goodness, I, I don't know how I can ever reach that because you're just stuck in the mud, basically. You just don't see how you're going to get out. And you're, there's a process and a journey that you went under. Um but we always have to kind of swim against the stream of culture and society, right? Um, and and what, what's going on and and continuing to believe in the Christ and and allowing him to form himself into us. And so you're at this stage now, but I know it's very much a journey for you. You've, you've related that very well. How do you continue to swim against the currents, even though maybe temptation has changed for you? Like, what does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Because I know like you still see things that might tempt you, but it's just different, right? Like you know, mm-hmm. your response is different. Um, and um, so what does that look like for you now? Yeah, for me, it, it looks like one, having rock solid convictions of why I believe um, it's detrimental for me to go back to pornography, to uh, have sexual activity outside of, of marriage. Um, and the biblical you know, truths that I, that I hold on to and what God has revealed through his word, but then also the research that backs that up, the brain science. I mean, if you just Google your brain on porn, it's insane. You know, the, the, the damage and lack of blood flow it causes to the frontal lobe, your higher reasoning and judgment portion. I guess my, my tool belt of vision and the why and what I'm going after it doesn't mean I'm not immune or, or perfect, but it has been built up so strong by by God that it's rather than thinking, oh, I really want to give into that, but I'm not going to. It's more like, why the heck would I ever give into that again? Because I'm flourishing now, and that's what I want to to continue uh, to do. So I, I think that's part of it. Um, Another part of it is this, I was talking with my, one of my friends the other day and um, he continues to, to struggle off and on with, with porn. And it's almost like he comes across something or searches something out, then he gives in and gets caught away, caught up in the, the moment. And then after he feels, you know, the shame or guilt or, ah, oh, why did I just do that? Whereas what I've started to notice for me is if I'm watching TV or scrolling Instagram, 
if I come across something, there's, of course, there's, you know, a natural desire to uh, want to look at something, but then there's a, um, there's like immediately there's a desire to, to look away because in the moment I'm able to weigh, you know, the pros and cons, like, is this going to give me life or, or take away from flourishing? Um, how am I going to feel after? Whereas before I, I never could have, you know, had that rational decision making ability, I think because of what porn does to your brain and how addicted I was. But once you start walking in freedom, um, it's almost like you can feel like you're, you're given the ability to actually choose, right. you know, back again. So that's kind of one or two examples of, of what it looks like for me today. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, Ben, because I think in the past where say, uh, maybe uh, something that triggered me, a picture of a beautiful woman or bikini, whatever else in the past when I was struggling with porn, I didn't have a thought. It was just go. Like <laughs> I'm going there. I'm not even thinking. But when you walk in freedom, it's like you're you're actually present. You're mindful. You're able to make a decision because you can weigh, like you said, the pros and cons of, look, this isn't going to cause anything good in my life if I go here. And I know that. I know it's so much better this way. And so your thought processes are so different. And so I really appreciate your sentiment on that. It's, it's so true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I love to what you're saying about that you're able to make that decision in the moment. But like you're saying, Brian, that when you're in it, it's like, it's go time. Let's go to porn. Let's go to masturbation fantasy. Dwell in that, right? I really think though, what you're saying, Ben, is that you're able to do it in the moment because you'd put the work in. So like, for example, what we always encourage people to do is, is you don't wait for the moment to come to think like, oh, why should I not watch porn? You got to do it before. You got to do it in the morning. You got to do it, you know, the week before with the Lord and go through that in your devotion time, in your quiet time with the Lord and go, what's going on uh, in, in my brain right now? Like what, what goes on in the moment of temptation? What am I missing out on in life? What's the purpose that God has for me? And I mean, a lot of people out there, you might not even have purpose. Maybe Ben, you can speak to this a bit, but you might not think that you have purpose, I should say, because we all do. But when we're stuck in porn, so often we feel like we're just kind of bogged down and that we're not doing anything. God has purpose for everybody. God has purpose for every single person. There's intention for what he has for your for your life and why he made you. Um, and so even if you're you're here in Ben and you're going, man, I don't I don't have that anchor. I'm not rock solid in my conviction about what I am going after in life. There is purpose. And when you get free from porn, you will find that. You will find that the Lord has so much for you that even, even in the moment when you're addicted, he can still move through your life. But we're just so blind to it. I, I think that the evidence that you have purpose is one, that you're here, but two, that you're trying to overcome porn and you don't want to, you know, look at porn. Like 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 I said about the Garden of Eden. One of our greatest purposes is to flourish in healthy relationships with God and self and others. I think that's the core of our purpose. And then there's things that flow out of that, like what career path am I going to take? Um, who am I going to share this message of, of flourishing and knowing God personally with? Um, but I would say that even the desire to quit porn is evident of your purpose because you know that you have a greater purpose than looking at porn. It's like, it's not your calling to look at porn all day. Like there's something in you, God's laws written on our heart. Um, there's something in you that, that desires, you know, some, something more. Um, it took me a really long time, I would say to, to figure out what that purpose was, but 
Uh, I think that may sound cliche, but God uses our, our greatest pains to bring about our greatest purposes. And I remember a time thinking about, it, it was actually after I'd gone into full-time ministry, you know, because I, I thought that was my calling or purpose. And it was, but it wasn't all that specific. But I remember uh, listening to Dr. Ted Roberts speak one time, and he was saying, what is God's vision for your life? Like, what has God put you on this pl- planet to do that only you can do and how you can uniquely display, you know, the glory and character of, of God that no one else can the way you can? Like, that's the only, that's the reason, he didn't say this, I'm elaborating, but that's the reason there's only one of you, not five of you. You don't have a clone. We'll see where science takes us if we do start having <laughs> clones, but but that's the reason you don't <laughs> That's the reason you don't have a clone because nobody has, does, or ever will look like you, act like you, be you. Josh says, Joshua Gal says, if you're not you and I'm not me, who will be us? Uh, but for me, it was okay. Looking at everything I've been through and believing there was purpose in that, that, that it wasn't random, that God had some kind of greater thing he was going to do through it. And looking at my current struggles and then looking at um, kind of stepping back in, in like if, if my life is a puzzle, God, what might you be up to and how might you want to use me? I realized that I'm called to be a restorer of men and women to help people be restored to who God created them to be. And from that moment, it was, there's no looking back. That's it. And speaking, writing, leading recovery groups, having conversations helping people, whatever it is, um, figure out who God created them to be in overcoming those those hurts, those different struggles, be it porn, mental health stuff, shame, whatever it is that the enemy has tried to throw, throw at them. So I, I think just one, thinking about God's original intent for us in creation, we're made for healthy relationships with God, self and others. That is our greatest calling, I would say. And then out of that, there's these these other things specific to us. And I think looking at our life story and what God has done or wants to do can help us figure that out. Mm, such a message of hope. And for those that are listening, what would be a message you have for those listening? Just a message of hope of everything that you've kind of shared, encapsulating that even from your life. Um, just kind of share what, you, what was on your heart. One thing I would I would say is take it one day at a time. 21 days starts to solidify a, a habit. We, we just focus on today. And, um, you know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. God's given us grace for today. You're going to get stressed out. Even if you're, it's like staying sober from porn. If you're thinking about staying sober for porn next week or tomorrow, or even if you're thinking about all the stuff you have to do, you're going to get stressed out. Bring it back to today, 24 hours at a time. God's giving you grace for today. Um, and I think that, you know, just really makes it, it helps you be a lot more present. It helps you, it feel a lot more manageable and it shifts the focus to, I want to flourish and live into God's calling on my life today. Uh, I think the second thing is um, we got to step back and realize the spiritual battle that we're in. Uh, Satan is called the father of lies. He's been at it 
since the Garden of Eden, bringing shame, trying to get people to believe lies. Um, this is this battle is personal. It's personal. It's not like this blanketing thing of oh yeah, Satan's out there and maybe he'll he'll get you or attack you. No, no. If you are following Jesus, he's dead set on you hurting, you believing lies, you not fulfilling the calling on your life and reaching your purpose and potential. And he's coming after you and your family and everyone you know. And the beauty, though, of being a follower of Jesus is Jesus defeated Satan, sin, and death on the cross. He sits down at the right hand of God. He's victorious. He said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. So we can walk boldly in that authority. But, you know, my word for the year, I didn't do this until last year. I thought it was kind of cheesy, but then I felt like God started giving me words for the year. My word for the year is actually violence and not like man-made violence and fighting. It's, it's, it's holy violence against evil and the enemy. And Jesus is coming back with a sword and he's going to destroy evil once and for all. And I want to be part of that while I'm waiting. I want to be part of, um, as one of my mentors used to say, getting sweet revenge against the enemy. Like I've seen the enemy take out way too many people. We're seeing, ah, it just crushes me. We're seeing well-known pastors die by suicide. We're seeing Gen Z, this generation dealing with mental health issues and suicide and questions about sexuality and porn addiction at an all-time high. We're in a war that we are, we already know who's going to win the war, who has won the war, (laughs) but there's still a daily battle. And I want to be part of that. That is such an exciting thing to be part of, to push back darkness. So I'd say we need you in this fight, you know? And, and maybe you're feeling like, I don't know, I, I can't really fight. I'm still struggling getting taken out myself. No, no, no. Fight right now. Start fighting today, 24 hours at a time and start helping others. When I started all of this, I was still struggling with porn, but God gave me a vision to get help myself and to help other people. And it's not about being perfect. It's about progress and it's about living in health today. So that's what I would say. Great stuff. I love it. I know when I started too, I knew nothing. I remember the first group I ever started was hilarious. I'm like, <laughs> YouTube videos and just trying to find anything that I could play for the guys because I had nothing to offer after the first meetings. <laughs> but you just do something. So it's an honor to fight this fight with you, man. It's so good to hear your heart and to mm-hmm. hear where you've come from. And and it's a it, honestly, it's a unique thing to see a single guy, 32 years old, free from porn for six years, free from masturbation, fantasies, uh, and, and with the maturity and the understanding that you have. So the Lord has obviously anointed you like he could anoint anybody, but you've got a heart that's willing and you want that that violence against the enemy, which I think is a healthy thing. Yeah. It was reminding me just quick, Brad and I, we both uh, separately before we knew each other, we used to walk around different strip clubs in Edmonton praying for them to be shut down, <laughs> but for right. the owners and the workers for them yeah. to Some for, of them. for them to be blessed. The two that Brad and I specifically prayed around, both of them are shut down now. Yeah. So it's retribution against the enemy. It's bringing violence against what he's doing and, and tearing down the children of God. So I love mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, just quickly, share about resolution uh, and and your 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 writing too. Like guys in our programs are always going. Where can we find books? So where can people find your stuff? 
Yeah, for single guys, I've got a um, resource out with Pure Desire Ministries called Living Free. You can get it at puredesire.org. Josh McDowell and I have a book coming out August 17th with uh, a major Christian publisher called Free to Thrive. You can actually pre-order it now on Amazon. But it's it talks about these these needs, these seven needs, these seven longings. It talks about some brain science. We share our stories, some things we haven't really shared before. And it's just really a um a call and practical steps to begin, you know, healing. Uh resolution movement is all about resolutioning people um, to overcome their hurts and struggles, whether it's in-depth trauma, whether it's uh unmet needs, whether it's subtle hurts, or whether it's all kinds of struggles like shame, body image issues, porn, mental health issues. Um, We take or we call on biblical truth and brain science and create videos and articles and content. We've got a podcast to uh, help people be resolutioned so that ultimately they can thrive with with Jesus and others and and overcome this stuff. So resolutionmovement.org. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at Resolution Movement. And um, yeah, would love love for one and all to join the movement. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. We really encourage everybody to go check out his stuff. And he's a guy who, um, you know, has voice in this and um, great resources and a, a message of hope. So we just challenge you all today to live in the purpose that God has for you. What a difference that makes, uh, understanding it that way. So thanks, Ben. Really appreciate you, buddy. And um, we'll hope, well, we hope to connect with you in the future. But for everybody that's listening, thanks again. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.